We're just a hodgepodge mismatch of mischievous miscreants. Welcome, everybody, once again to Superhouse Podcast. This is episode 71. Thanks again for listening. Today we have a very special guest with us. It's Athena Finger, and I'm going to let uh, senior Batman correspondent Ben Juan uh, take that away with the uh, introduction to her. So take it away, Ben. Hello, everyone. So if you're a Batman fan and you don't know the name Bill Finger, shame on you. But it's not too <laughs> late because... We can educate you in here. Um, for, if you've listened back to episodes, I've talked a lot about uh, myself being a writer and Batman fan. One thing I didn't bring up is that when I was applying to college essays, there was one question asked about if you were to pick any writer from history, who would you want to talk to? And I didn't pick Shakespeare. I didn't pick Hemingway or anybody like that. The first choice that, picked, that came to mind, and I knew this was a risk, but I said to hell with it. I said the first choice that comes to mind is Bill Finger because he created one of my favorite characters, he created one of my favorite worlds, and he was unsung, and I wish that I could talk to him and help him get the recognition he deserved. Unfortunately, I did not get into college with that, but I got into a different film school and serves them right for not acknowledging Bill Finger. But anyway, I think uh, if, if you have uh, seen on Hulu, there is a documentary called Batman and Bill, and it goes into the history of what happened despite the fact that there's the credit batman created by bob kane on several movies and tv shows and animated things in the past uh the truth of the matter given all the different evidence from people who were around at the time is that bill finger might not have created the name batman but he certainly created the costume the name bruce wayne the name Gotham city christopher gordon robin just every single aspect in fact there's even a web comic by ty templeton and i'm sure athena you've seen you've seen this one that is a spoof oh yeah where he just shows up and he's just like, yeah, like, I didn't have a lot of criminals to fight. Like, is there a commissioner I can talk to? And the cops are like, not in this comic. And they're just like, all right, well, I'm going to go home. Man, I wish I wish I had a car. <laughs> so this is uh, the man that we owe everything to in terms of all the things that make Batman, Batman right down to his origin story. And so if you haven't checked out the documentary on Hulu, definitely check it out. But uh, one of the aspects that was brought in is the fact that um, for years, it wasn't, you know, nobody really knew what was going to happen in terms of how to get Bill credit he deserved until an author named Mark Tyler Nobleman uh, found Bill's granddaughter, Athena, who is with us uh, on this podcast today. And uh, now, thanks to her efforts, along with Mark's and the legal team, Bill's name was on Batman vs. Superman, Donna Justice, on the TV show Gotham, and it says at the end of the documentary that it will continue to be on all the adaptations from now until hopefully the dawn of time. <laughs> so, thank you for being with us, Athena. We have uh, we just want to start off with a few follow-ups, I guess, because we all saw the documentary. Okay. About, um, what happened? <laughs> yep. And uh, one of the things that we were curious about is how did you know, you, you bring up that you found out sort of what happened at an early age. Uh, you kind of, in terms of your grandfather's history with the character. Um, like, how early in life was this? Like, what, what exactly, like, did you hear this from your parents? Like, what, how did you hear the story about this? Uh, I mean, I don't remember the exact moment, but um, it was something that my father told me about. Um, I remember him telling me when I was very young. Um, 
you know, it's not, it doesn't stand out. Unfortunately, he was young. I was young when he passed away. So a mm. lot of my memories aren't there. Um, mm. So I think I can go back and ask him. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, mm. But I was young. I remember in grade school. I mean, I wrote about it in the third grade. So, I mean, I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Got it. And uh, were you, I mean, when it came to like Batman comics and media, like growing up, did you absorb it or was it more something that you kind of avoided due to sort of the sort of the stigma that you you know your family might have felt around it like what was your attitude towards it well i didn't read comics really Mm -hmm. growing up i mean it wasn't really a medium that i went to but um i did watch you know super friends and um of course the reruns with adam west um and then when the movies came out i was really um intrigued with what they did with that um and it, mainly film is what i followed and then of course when the animated series in the 90s came out that was like phenomenal so mm-hmm. um i i read a little bit here and there but it wasn't really a huge part of my life mm-hmm. got it uh i i have a curiosity uh we were wondering if you had ever i mean we didn't get a huge impression that he kept in touch with Laura the family but did you ever like meet bob kane or anybody from his family? Um, I I did meet Mrs. Kane um, mm. at the Dark Knight premiere um, very briefly. Um, and that was about it. Um, I haven't seen mm. them, you know, in any of the cons that I've gone to. They weren't part of any of the 75th anniversary stuff that was going on in 2014. Mm. I, I can't I speculate. That they are just quiet because they're private. Um, I I really don't know why they haven't been more vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't wanted to come and meet me or talk to me or, I mean, it's fine. I I I fully respect their privacy and what they choose to do. But um, you would think that they'd want to celebrate or even come back with some kind of statement in regards to everything that's happened in the last three years. Um, mm-hmm. But they, ha- they haven't shown any interest. And again, I fully respect their wishes. I mean, maybe they don't want any part of it. I see. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, mm-hmm. I imagine when uh, you did see the uh, the credits in uh, in the beginning of uh, Batman vs. Superman, it did sort of feel different from the last few movies, obviously, that you had seen. Where it was of just course. Boxing. It was exciting. It was, it was um, you know, <sighs> you know, a sense of finally... It's mm-hmm. there. Um, and it was just really a, a happy moment for my family and myself to really see that we we accomplished this thing that we were told was never been going to be accomplished ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we made it happen. So, you know, it was like, yay, you know, we really made it happen. Mm-hmm. Was that something that uh, I guess you were told growing up a lot in terms of like this is like not something that'll happen at all? Like there's nothing that'll that you can do? Right. I I was pretty much discouraged after my father passed away to pursue anything. Mm. Um, so I kind of just didn't really talk about it or really do anything about it. I mean, there were a couple of times throughout the years that I called DC to see what I needed to do to like even approach. And it, I didn't really get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was just tough. I didn't really know what avenues to take or who to talk to or 
if I should be talking to anybody at all. You know? right. <laughs> that my older sister had lost in copyright law and was able to maneuver the system the way she was able to. No, definitely. That was, uh, I mean, that connection definitely paid off as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was also wondering if uh, you ever get asked about Bill's other creations, because uh, in, in looking up, he was a co-creator for the original Green Lantern, the Alan yeah. Scott version, uh, Wildcat as well. And funny enough, it looks like a lot of creators sort of tie them into Batman's past by making you know, that version of Green Lantern, the predecessor to Batman and Gotham, or Wildcat, the guy who taught him boxing. Like, do you ever, like, get asked uh, about these type of characters, or, like, is anybody, like, interested in talking to you about them, too? Um, not so much. It's more the Batman. I mean, that's, you know, that's the big one. But, I mean, there's, you know, I've had people ask me about some of his more obscure stuff, like the Green Slime film, and, and you know, of course, the episode that he wrote for Batman for TV series, and things mm. like that. Um, it's, you know, if, since Batman is so huge, I think it kind of foreshadows all these other characters that he did. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the most beloved of the superheroes. Obviously, um, the other ones sort of launched into uh, sort of their own little fan bases as well. But Batman's will always right. be the most beloved. Well, I mean... Not that people come and talk to me about it, but I've been impressed. Like when I went to the premiere, Angela Bassett knew exactly who my grandfather was when I introduced myself. Yeah, that's awesome. I was brilliant by that. Um, you know, because it is one of those things, because not everybody thinks of the original Green Lantern. They always think of the modern versions mm -hmm. that they have of what, there's like seven different ones now or something. Um, so they don't really, I don't think people really take the time to think about where the origin of that character comes from. Mm -hmm. And so I was highly impressed. I mean, she knew exactly who I was talking about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Andrew, uh, do you have other questions? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask uh, about one more question about the past, if you don't mind. Um, so That's the fun. Bob Kane supposedly comes up with the idea of a guy wearing somewhat of a bat suit. But then your grandfather thinks of the gauntlets, the cow, the backstory, the the Batmobile Gotham Commissioner Gordon everything, and one thing I want to know was where where do you think he came up with this? Where does this like insane creativity come from? Is it just 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 because he was an artist? Can we just just narrow it down to that, or, I mean, or is it something else? Really are passionate about their field. I mean, he knew he wanted to be a writer before he was a writer. Um, it was something that he had expressed to Bob Kane at a party that he wanted to write. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, some of us just know what we want to be and what we should be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was meticulous about his writing and he really, um, put his himself really into it. He did a lot of research. Um, he was meticulous about details. Um, even the notes that he leave for the actual, you know, penciler and, and ink. Um, so, I mean, he, he was really a man of his craft and he probably knew that at an early age just didn't have the opportunities until Bob came along. He was like a, had an attention to detail you would say? Oh yes he was meticulous with um, his scripts and that's usually why they were late is because he was still putting in on the fine tuning. Okay and was he um, 
like Michael Usland kind of says sometimes, he, he did he did he kind of love and also hate the Adam West show because it wasn't exactly the creation that they had in mind, but it was still somewhat in the ballpark. Or was he like, okay, cool, I like this, whatever. I don't know how he felt felt about it. I never met my grandfather, so okay. Um, unfortunately, um, I mean, I'm sure he was very proud of the episode that he wrote. Um, <laughs> not sure if he felt that they deviated too much from his character, or if it was just here's another version of something that you know I sparked someone else's you know imagination to to manipulate it in this way. I don't you know. Who knows? <laughs> All right. That's not a that can <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> Just wondering. Speculation at this point, you know. Right. All right. Um, so moving on from that, uh, <clears throat> how do you think uh, Batman and Bill has been received so far? It just came out, but it seems like it's been kind of a minor hit. Would you say? Oh, it's been huge. Um, it's been received extremely well with everyone, um, with everyone that's seen it, comic book fans, non-comic book fans. I mean, the uh, the response has been overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, they, people have been, uh, you know, of course, re- reaching out and thanking the family for what they did for Bill and mm-hmm. thanking us for sharing the story and they had no idea, you know, they can't believe that history was wrong for so long. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's an intriguing story on its own. If you just take the Batman factor out of it, I mean, it was extremely creative and, you know, was basically robbed of his talent and it took three generations to fight for him. What's your personal favorite part of that movie? If you have one, um, <laughs> my favorite part of that movie, um, I don't know, probably you know, the end when he has his credit. I don't. Know, it's to be honest, it's it's hard for me to watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've watched it a couple of times. Um, I mean, I would have to say the ending because it's a happy ending. We we achieved the goal. You know, that's that moment. When Mark is sitting there and seeing the name, I know how I felt when I was sitting there and I saw it on the big screen. It was, you know, pretty amazing. It's an awesome feeling when you see that, you know, you can accomplish the unaccomplishable. <laughs> That's a <the> word. <laughs> when you first met Mark Nobleman, were you like, you are the chosen one? I'm happy you have come. Was it, it must have been insane, right? Um, it was. It was a lot for me to process. Um, you know, I wasn't like. <laughs> it wasn't like a Star Wars moment. Where... <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting out and talking with old ladies in his old apartments. Right. You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. I recognized that he was really passionate about telling Bill's story, which, you know, I hadn't really come across anyone that was really, you know, that knew more about my family than I did, other than he was, you know, 
the creator of this wonderful character. Um, so it was really exciting, but scary at the same time. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that he reached out and was able to find me and, and kind of push things forward a little bit and say it was time. I was uh, actually at one of those panels, I think maybe the WonderCon panel, and while I was watching the movie, I was thinking to myself, am I about to show up in this fucking documentary? This is about to, <laughs> this is about to get surreal. <laughs> so I, I've actually, I've seen you at one of the panels in person before, so it's like, it was very, it was very weird kind of watching the movie. I thought there was going to be an audience shot, but there actually never was. There was it. Yeah, I guess there was too much... Uh, yeah. We're at the one in St. Louis. No, I was at WonderCon in Anaheim, probably. I wasn't at that one. Oh, or maybe San Diego. I was at I was at one of these. That year, in 2014, I was there. Yes, I think I was at that one. Okay. Is there a favorite? Do you have a favorite incarnation of Batman? Because you know, there's been so many throughout the years. Um, they don't know enough of the different. Ones there are, there's so many different ones now. Mm -hmm. As far as like film, um, the animated series definitely is top there. Okay. Um, and then, of course, the 89 film, when that came out, that was monumental for a lot of people, including myself. Um, it, what they did with that film after having, you know, the it was really cool to see this darker, more gritty side of the character. Um, and then, of course, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, so I was extremely excited to see what he was going to do with the character. Yeah, it was weird, because I was a huge fan of that when I was a kid, and my dad, mm -hmm. he grew up with Adam West, so whenever he saw it, he was like, ah, oh, it's too dark, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. That's not my Batman. But that was my right. Batman, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I fucking loved, I loved that movie. <laughs> When, whenever, especially in the beginning when he's like, who are you, man? I'm Batman. You know, that, yeah. I, I was like five when I was seeing that, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I was losing my mind. I thought, it was a great, <laughs> I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was only five, but... Yeah, but still, <laughs> it, it, like I said, it had a huge impact on a lot of people. Yeah, ex exactly. Coming off of that lighter, funnier, kind of spoofy kind of Batman and Robin... This is off. This is off topic. Not off topic, but out of our uh, written questions. But I was just wondering, real quick, what were your thoughts? I know this is controversial in some way, but Batfleck when he was cast. Oh, I was perfectly fine with it. A lot of people were upset. I know that. Um, I don't know why. I mean, give the man a chance. Right, I mean, right, right. You know and it comes like, from the granddaughter of Bill Finger herself. A lot of people are judging him off of the Daredevil movie and they're like oh he can't be a superhero look what he did with daredevil but you know what he's just an actor for daredevil he he really had no control over what was going right, on right 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 you know so you can't fault him for one bad superhero movie when the man has done many wonderful films and he is an oscar winner i mean i i couldn't you know i i decided to say wait let's see what he's gonna do type of mentality with it because he is a great actor so right I think he I does have true passion too. He did a great job, and I can't wait to see what he does with the next, you know, couple Batman flicks that are coming out. You know, it's like it's it's funny too because whenever the movie came out, 
Batman vs Superman, people kept saying, you know, even people that didn't like the film, they kept saying, you know, Batfleck is the least wrong thing about this movie. It really, there he did a great job. This, it's like that's not he the did problem. A great job in both too. Well, the thing is, is that you know, not everyone can pull, pull off both sides of the character, mm-hmm. and right. I think that um, good job with that. I think he was able to pull off an older Bruce Wayne and still have that, you know, dark Batman side at the same time. Right. What were you going to say, Ben? Uh, Well, I mean, I was going to go into how, well, when it comes to Bill Springer's credit on that, it is kind of funny how it's deliberately timed in the beginning with the origin story, which is exactly what Bill Finger contributed, one of the many things he contributed to it. So it's kind of poetic to me in a way that it happens to be there. Yes. And uh, in terms of the 89 film, even, I uh, one of the other things I appreciate about it as well is the fact that a lot of the different things that Burton put in there, I think we have a comic book comparison on another side I contributed to called uh, BatmanOnline.com, but we have comparisons to many shots from that 89 movie to the early 1939 comics that Bill wrote. And several parts of those were, you can clearly see the influence, whether it's from Case of Chemical Syndicate or uh, shots where Batman's fighting the vampire in the, in the old days uh, to the shots that, that Burton did himself. So like out of all the eras, that one was the most influenced by the very early era, the one where Bill was just trying to you know, write and figure out the character. Well, I believe Mike Boluslin had a lot to do with that, considering yeah. it was mm-hmm. his baby that he was really trying to get out to the public. You know, he was not so happy or thrilled with the 60s TV series. Yeah, yeah you know, he said that, yeah. Uh, he grew up reading all the the original stories and had that darker Batman growing up. And then, you know, to come and have this lighter Batman being portrayed on on TV was kind of a disappointment. So it, he kind of made it his mission mm-hmm. to bring it back to its original roots when he brought it to the film industry. He did a great job being able to do that, mm-hmm. considering he was rejected for so long. Right. <laughs> it does seem to be an undercurrent of that in terms of the behind-the-scenes stories of Batman, which is funny because the character, so much of him is about that drive and the determination and overcoming the odds or overcoming different tragedies, whether it's uh, using trying to get Batman on screen or, you know, our discussion here about getting Bill Finger's credit. Oh, I didn't hear the first part of that because you were cutting in and out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was saying that it seems like there's an undercurrent of uh, a lot of people when, when it comes to the behind the scenes stuff for Batman, where uh, just like the characters about overcoming tragedies or uh, different like adversities. So it seems his uh, his fans or the people who contribute to it go through the same stuff, whether it's Uslin with uh, getting the movie made or uh, you know you guys trying to you know succeeding in getting Bill's credit. No, it does seem oh, to yeah. be an ongoing theme, but you know what? Unfortunately, it's a theme that goes throughout the whole bit industry mm-hmm. on both sides. Uh, you know, whether you're a cartoonist or a writer or someone in the film industry, um, they make it extremely hard for the creative people. And they don't, um, you know, give them the respect that they deserve for coming up with all of these, you know, wonderfully imaginative worlds that we love. What do you think about the current 
kind of general state of Batman right now? Um, do you is there something more that you would you'd wish that people you, that you wish Batman would change in the in the public eye in some way, or are you kind of uh, okay with it now, or anything like that? Um, I didn't realize that he needed to be changed or upgraded. <laughs> Well, some people view might think that well, he's I mean, like too dark or too. Or people, some people might want to go back to golden age type stuff or uh, like the the fact that in Batman vs Superman he, he he seems to be killing people in times. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> well, okay. well, I, I was just at shop yesterday, and so I was looking at what the titles that were there. There's such a wide variety of. Mm-hmm. Batman franchise now you can have the dark and gritty or you can have the light reboot that they just did and they have stuff in between so I don't think he really needs to be changed because there's so many that adaptations of him currently so you can kind of just pick the one that you want and that's the Batman for you I'm sorry you're sorry so it's uh, you think that there's so many options for Batman you can find the Batman that you like well, yeah, because there's so many different variations of currently in print of the character. Right. So I don't think he really needs to be changed because he already has so many variations. <laughs> right. Do you, do you keep up with the I comics mean, at all? Even Bill was writing it, there were a lot of variations within the character. I mean, there were some of them were extremely dark and gritty, and then some of them were absolutely ridiculous and laughable. <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, I, I've looked at a lot of different ones. I mean, I have a lot of compilation books that have been sent to me over the years of different stories. And I mean, some of them are, I mean, outright laughable. I'm just, what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, comic you know? run or, or single story? Uh, my go-to is always Kingdom Come. That's such an amazing book. Oh, wow, Classic. nice. Nice answer. That's cool. I like that. What is it about Kingdom Come that you like so much? Um, first of all, Alex Ross is an amazing artist. I love his style. Um, and then the storyline is completely different. Um, a friend of mine in high school turned me on, so he's like, you gotta read this story. It's so good. I know you don't really read comics, but you gotta read this one. And it's, you know, Justice League, and they're much older, and all split up, and they have to come back together for this one last epic battle, and like, it's a three-part book. You just, just read it. They put it in my hands, and it was. I, and he was right. I mean, it was an amazing story. Um, and you know, that's that's usually my go-to. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought if they make a if they make a Justice League three movie, that's the one. Make a Kingdom Come movie. You know, make the most epic yeah. superhero yeah. movie they've you've ever seen. So um, I have one more, I think, and and then uh, I think uh, Joey, you want to handle the uh, or Maddie, you want to handle the future questions. We have uh, maybe not so mu- not so much more after this, but um, okay. Uh, after so after, I'm assuming Batman is your favorite superhero, but who who would you say is your second favorite? Um, who's my second favorite superhero? Uh, yeah. I probably have to say Wolverine. Wolverine, wow, okay. Right <laughs> Why is that? Well, because he's not really a superhero. He, like, does his own thing. 
And he right. tries to do good whenever he can, but he's really not mm-hmm. all that great. He's kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So you liked Logan, I take it. Oh, Logan was in a great movie. It inspired me to do a painting. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. That's awesome. Is the painting finished? Yes, it is. I can, um, if you go on my Facebook page, it should be posted there. All right. I'm excited to check that out. That's awesome. Um, so Joey, you want to handle these last couple here? Yes. Hi, Athena. Um, I guess I just, I kind of look at the, these questions. I just basically just want to ask one. So I guess what's sort of, what's the future for, um, you know, I, I know this, this, uh, doc just came out and, um, you plan on like going to more cons or like just trying to get the, the movie out there. And I know the name is kind of, it's going to be on all the comics and future merchandise and stuff, but yeah, just kind of what's the, what's the future? Um, well, like I mentioned, I've, I'm painting. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm doing some covers of stuff that Bill created. I'm going to do some other pieces of some of his creations. Um, I do some of my own stuff also. Uh, I, I'm currently trying to put together my own comic book line. Um, I have been going to cons. I'm continually going to cons. Um, once I have my schedule up um, and running, then I can definitely let people know where I'll be. Um, I'm putting together yet another page so that I can get that all centralized for people who do want to come out and you know, listen to the panel or, or come by a poster with Bill's picture on it or uh, just come and say hi and talk to me. I mean, I'm always up for chatting with the fans because without them, Great. we wouldn't be here. <laughs> I mean, we really nice. wouldn't be. Yeah, love it. Do you, do you feel that you've totally won? I mean, as far as like what we saw on Batman and Bill and the Batman on Batman podcast with Kevin Smith. Uh, with Mark Nobleman and all that, uh, do, do you think that as far as your grandfather's legacy is concerned with him getting credit now, do you feel closure? Um, oh, as far as the fight for, for Bill, yes. I mean, we, we achieved the goal, which was awesome. to get his name forever attached to mm-hmm. The goal has been achieved. We, you know, mission accomplished. Um, but, I mean, there's so much more out there that needs to be um, addressed. And I mean, one of the things that I've talked about before is, um, you know, being an artist advocate, you know, I want to be able to get the information out to people on how to protect their creations and how to protect themselves okay. and how to, you know, maneuver around the legal system and how to draft a contract and how to read a contract and, and what does it mean to, you know, intellectual property and what does it mean to copyright things and, you know, stuff that that artists are, are too busy to really focus on because they're too busy creating art. Right. Um, right. This is for them to them and, and information so that they are protected. And how is this going to be, how, how are you going to realize this? Are you going to make a YouTube channel with tutorials or like an online, uh, you know, like an article type of thing or how exactly do you want to get this information out to artists? Um, well, that's something that I'm still in the works with with my sister since she's the one that, that deals with all of the legal side. Um, I mean, there are a few, um, you know, groups out there to help artists. 
Um, I think there needs to be more. I need. I think there needs to be more. Um, you know, a real sense of artist empowerment when it comes to their creations. Um, so I think you know it's still, like you said, a website or an actual place people can go to, or if it's just a informational brochure people can get. I'm not really sure exactly how I'm going to structure it yet, but I know it's something that um, definitely needs to be out there for people who need the services. For sure. Awesome. And this might be a bit unorthodox, but do you have any questions for us? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> yes i i know i know <laughs> um well i mean you guys always ask me what my favorite batman is what's your favorite batman take it away ben <laughs> me, of course <laughs> i mean i always grew up with the i mean i i grew up with the animated series so that's always my go-to when it comes to the the adaptations for the stories um I mean, I always do. I do have a collection of the very first few Batman stories that Bill worked on, as well as compilations from a lot of classics. I'm, you know, in, the, in one of the past podcasts, I also noted a few classic uh, ones from the '70s that I really love, such as um, or, or the eight, '70s and the '80s. So one of them was uh, "Night of the Stalker" by Steve Englehart, and um, the other one was "To Kill a Legend," which was. Um, I think it's by Alan Brenner, and that's the one where Batman has the opportunity of whether or not to save Thomas and Martha Wayne in an alternate reality. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, so. What about you, Joey? I think for me, it's you know, I I think I read a couple of Batman comics like when I was, you know, younger, and maybe the the the. Um, uh, 60s show you know was in its reruns and i probably saw a few of those but i think once the 89 movie came out and i saw that i was like like you were saying earlier just like mm -hmm. mind blown I, um i can quote the entire movie like backwards yes. Yes, forwards, yes. you know um but i uh, and as far as like comics i think like I've, I've, I've got quite a few and i think probably long halloween is probably my favorite the jeff Loeb's tim sale uh story um, so yeah, I think those, as far as a movie and a, a comic series run, I think those are my two favorite. Okay. Maddie, you've been quiet. Yeah. Sorry. Just listening and enjoying. <laughs> uh, I, would probably, I love the, I love the animated series, but I think like Batman beyond was like blew my mind. Oh, nice I just answer. loved old Bruce Wayne. I like the opening of that, the series when he's trying to be Batman, but he's too old to do it. And he realizes he can't yep. do it. Um, I just, I always love that cartoon. I feel like, I don't know. I want to see that on the big screen. Um, comic book yeah. wise, like uh, I've heard that a few times, but a lot of people would like to see that on the big screen. Oh, Fuck I, yeah, yeah, man! I think people are really into it for sure. Uh, comic book wise, like I like um, Paul Pope's Batman Year One Hundred, just because I like his art style so much. The story's kind of weird, but um, just uh, the art style. Uh, I like all the classic ones, Long Halloween. Dark Victory, uh, all those. I mean, I don't know. If it's Batman, I'm probably going to read it most of the time. So, you know, uh, if I had to do a little shout-out, though, it's, uh, one of my guilty pleasures is uh, Batman versus Predator. So I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. So. 
I just bought a series for uh, Batman versus Wildcat. Nice. Oh. I'd have to go with. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I I I grew up loving that first Batman movie. I was I was born in '84. Movie came out in '89. I think I only caught that on VHS. I think I was, too, I was too young to catch it on on in the theater, but I, I was oh, like, yeah. to, it just blew my mind when I was a kid. I saw it probably when I was a little bit too young to be watching it because <laughs> there are some dark parts to it, but for a kid anyway. Um, and then when <laughs> when Batman Begins came out, I really did love Nolan's take because Nolan really took the time to explain why a bat, why the focus on fear, why a cape. Why am I using a Batmobile? I like that he explained every little step, you know, and the the mythology seemed to grow so much with with him with those movies. It's it's you know, he you just get the impression that Nolan really, really loves Batman. I don't know if you ever met him, Athena but Athena, but I did. I got to meet him briefly. He was very nice. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, I mean you know, I thought those movies were so great, but comic book wise, I do love Kingdom Come quite a lot. In recent years, I would probably say that Court of Owls. I thought that was just such an awesome run. I couldn't, I literally couldn't put the book down. I was, it was a literal page turner. Turner. I thought it was so great. Yeah. So um, I guess that's that's basically it. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing. I I was a, you know. I thought it was so awesome that, you know, I was we were able to schedule this. Well, thank you for having me on. This was great. Of course. Right. Thank any, you. Any um yeah. final final remarks, final things anybody wants to say before we uh sign off? Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, Happy Mother's Day. Aww. Happy Mother's Day and uh, we'll keep posted on uh, your progress in, you know, advocating for artists cuz you know as you said even though, you know, a lot of this was very Batman focused, whether you like Batman or not. A lot of Bill's story is about seeing justice done yeah. for creators and artists. Exactly. Yeah. Nicely put. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Athena. It's just so awesome that you that you took the time to talk with us, and um, hopefully we can uh, do it again sometime. Sounds great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have awesome. A good one. All right. Take care. Take Bye. care. Bye. Well, that was Athena Finger, the granddaughter of Bill Finger, the co-creator of Batman, who created most of the Batman mythos, honestly. You should go check out the Batman and Bill documentary on Hulu, and go check out the Fat Man on Batman podcast that features Mark T. Nobleman, who wrote Bill the Boy Wonder. And we want to thank Athena Finger again. It was so awesome that she took the time to come on and talk to us, and... We hope to talk to her again. The Batman fandom is one of the biggest in the world, and it's so great to see somebody, to talk to somebody that is a direct descendant of the original creator, one of the original creators. So um, definitely an honor. So this has been Andrew from Superhouse. Check you later. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description.
We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs> Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and we can make money. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. Superhouse Gigolo Project 2017. <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>